But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23-24 Welcome back to the How Then Shall We Live podcast. I'm your host, Amanda C. Bowers, and I'm so happy to have you back. I've been away, I'm afraid to say, for two months, basically due to colds. Uh, I had laryngitis pretty bad in the month of October, so I wasn't able to record any podcasts. And was fairly healthy throughout November, but just so busy um, doing the family life and uh, all the various things that happen around the holidays. But I'm, I'm happy to say that though I am coming down again with another cold this month, um, I wanted to get on here and share this next podcast with you. Had a lot of things on my heart over the next, last few months, and I'm excited to hop back in and share um, some thoughts I have today about fear, conquering fear, and also really why are we here and what is our purpose. And I'm really wanting this to become a um, probably multi-part series where we discuss uh, the reason that God created us and redeemed us and what our true purpose is in life. So I look forward to talking to you on the other side. Um, thanks for tuning in again today. Several months ago, I heard a sermon where the pastor said, You are here for two reasons, to worship and to witness. Perhaps this simple statement should seem obvious and not so profound, but as is often true with God, He takes the simple truths of His Word and presses them into our hearts in new and meaningful ways, often in ways that chart the course for the next test or trial in our life. Such is the case for me with this simple yet profound truth. In March of 2020, like many of you, I suspect, the events of the world began to affect my life in a whole new way. Suddenly, the government was telling my husband that his occupation was not essential, and he needed to close up shop and come home for who knows how long. I found myself curiously puzzled by this because as far as I and my three children were concerned, my husband's income was entirely essential. However, we went from comfortable income to zero dollars in a matter of days. So here I was, face to face with another one of those tests of faith that I'd been warned about, had read about, and was all too familiar with from the past. How would we react? I'd like to tell you that we were complete pillars of strength, completely trusting in our God and not at all in a state of panic, anger, bitterness, yes, sometimes rage, and any other emotion that you can conjure up. But you and I both know that would be a complete load of rubbish. As with any traumatic and scary situation, We experienced the full range of emotions, and I am sure many of you could sit down with me over a cup of coffee and share something very similar. My fear for provision wasn't very long-lasting, however, as I have seen God provide so many times that I immediately began to see His hand of providence and His provision all over the circumstances that led up to March 2020, and I was confident that He would not forsake us. However, another fear soon crept in. And that fear remains to this day a torment that I must repent of daily. The fear that big government would swallow up my family and carry us off to captivity in much the same way as they did in Corey Ten Boom's Richard Warmbrandt's or Dietrich Bonhoeffer's day. As my head worked hard to recall the promises of God in order to convince my heart not to panic and to bring myself to a state where I could face my children without fear in my eyes, the Lord was always kind and gentle. He reminded me very quickly of his deliverances over and over and how he provides for his children in the moment of their trial. 
When Stephen is about to be stoned to death for sharing the gospel in the book of Acts um, with the crowd, the word of God says, But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Acts seven fifty six and 57. I read the account of Corey Ten Boom in Tramp for the Lord, which details her life after she was released from the concentration camp, and was so encouraged by her stories of deliverance time and time and time again. I spoke to a sister about my fear, especially my fear that my children would be taken from me, and she reminded me ever so gently, don't discount God, Amanda. As a side note, if you don't have a sister like this in your life, ask God to provide you with one. We all need godly mentors and sisters that we can turn to for counsel, encouragement, and reproof on this journey. Along with all these events that God continually used to gently guide my heart to repentance and my mind back on His promises, He used the above statement from my pastor. This is it, isn't it? This is why we are here, to worship and to witness. God is seeking true worshipers. It's all over the Word of God. You were created and subsequently redeemed because God seeks true worshipers. You are to worship Him and tell others about Him. That's it. How then shall we live in light of a changing world around us? Worship and witness. Over the next several posts and podcasts, I would like to talk about this theme. Okay, so we're here to worship and to witness. What does that mean? Practically speaking, how is that fleshed out in our lives? It's really simple, and yet in a world increasingly hostile to the true God of the Scriptures, we often fall down and trip, don't we? In John chapter 4, Jesus tells the Samaritan woman at the well, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. John four twenty three and 24. Clearly, this passage states that there are true worshipers, which implies that the opposite must also be the case. There are false worshipers as well. So if one of the two reasons we are here on this earth is to be a true worshiper, then wouldn't it behoove us to learn what God says is true worship and what isn't true worship? Absolutely. How important is true worship to God? Well, Turn to the book of Genesis and you'll quickly see that God's desire for true worship and his rejection of false worship leads Cain in his pride to murder his own brother. The hardened heart of man will defend false worship even unto death. So be prepared that if you take the path of desiring to offer up true worship to God, you will receive ridicule and scorn. However, the cost is worth it always. If we are here, if we are created, to rightly worship God. If it's true that our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, then discovering how He receives our worship rightly is of the utmost importance. Truly there is no great endeavor. I'm sorry. Truly there is no greater endeavor. All the rest of our duties in life are born out of our life to a life of true worship to God. Entire worlds and societies have been torn down and recreated over the debate about true wor- the true worship of God. 
the Puritans and the Pilgrims fled to America so they could rightly worship God the way they believed. And I agree with their interpretation, by the way, that the Word teaches us to worship God. So that brings us to another question. Do we have to go to church to worship? I'm no expert on this topic, so I will probably seek to share resources more than anything as we discuss this topic. But I feel it's such a needed discussion to have. So very many Christians today believe that because we know God is everywhere, that we are under no obligation to even attend church on a regular basis. It's true that we don't have to go to the temple to access God anymore, thanks to the sacrifice of our Lord and His mediation on our behalf. But, dear friends, the Bible is not silent on the topic of regular corporate worship and fellowship. Jesus is seeking worshipers, and it's clear that these worshipers will meet regularly together. In Ephesians it says, So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, which that which it, there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Ephesians five fifteen through 21 True worshipers will worship God by their lives and their daily living, but they will also long to worship Him regularly in a corporate setting with other believers. How can you not long to do this and rightly call yourself a worshiper of Jesus Christ? In fact, if you don't long to be with God's people in His house on the Lord's Day to worship Him together, then I would at minimum ask you to examine yourself, as Paul states, to see if you are, in fact, in the faith. We are compelled to love one another and to worship Christ together. I'd like to share a Facebook post that I had this past week as I was unable to attend church due to sickness in our home. I don't share this to say that I'm super spiritual. I've certainly had times where I've turned my eyes to the world and been tempted to stay away from church. But over the course of my life and as I face the many trials that come my way, I can honestly say that my love for God's people and corporate worship in His house is strong. I would vote to have daily corporate worship day, every day if it were up to me, and I truly believe that is exactly what eternity will be. So in concluding this first installment on Why Are You Here?, I ask you these questions and strongly encourage you to evaluate your heart on this matter. Repent where necessary and find a strong, doctrinally sound body of believers to worship with each week. So here's my post. I don't comprehend not wanting to be in church. How will you ever enjoy heaven if you don't enjoy singing the song of the redeemed and hearing God's word? What do you imagine you will do for eternity? If the redeemed aren't your people, then who are? I just can't comprehend this thinking. These people, they are my family. Here is what I long to do every day, all day, forever. And this is from Revelation chapter 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. 
For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who called, who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation 19. Getting my eyes focused back on my true purpose has enabled me to conquer these fears and continues to keep me in perfect peace as I daily seek to be a true worshiper of God and to tell others of his great works. That concludes what I wanted to talk about today. I do hope you'll join me the next time as we dive more into what it means to be a true worshiper. I want to recommend to you also, if you have never um, seen, and this is not an affiliate link, I'm not going to make any money by this recommendation, but I will um, put a link on my website, amandacbowers.com, if you're interested. Um, Recently, a friend of mine told me about AGTV, which stands for American Gospel TV. You can subscribe to it, I believe, on for sure, on Roku. That's how I have it. I'm sure you can get it through Amazon as well. Um, and it's a streaming channel. It's primor- primarily all Reformed theological teaching. There aren't really any movies on there, but they have a lot of really great programs and shows. Um, but there was this really wonderful documentary that my family and I watched last week, which sort of led into my thinking a lot about what I've talked about today. And it was called um, The Spirit and Truth. And so I highly recommend it. I want to link to it on, like I said, on my website and in the show notes. And um, I would really encourage you to consider subscribing if you if you do like to have good teaching um, and good programming for you and your family. So, uh, but I was trying to, yeah, Spirit and Truth, 
How does God want to be worshipped? So that is the title of the show. And that's kind of what prompted me to begin to think about these things as I thought back on my pastor saying that we were created to worship and to witness. So um, I want to talk more about that next time and dive more into the idea of corporate worship um, versus private devotionals. Uh, But just be encouraged that no matter what's going on out there, and I know that things are still crazy in our world right now, and, and a lot of people around the world are experiencing a whole new level of um, government intrusion into our lives in a way that we've never um, experienced before, especially in the Western world. And so it can be challenging to um, not keep our eyes all the time focused on that and then fall into fear and become like the disciples when they looked at the storm and wondered why Jesus was asleep. And so I just want to encourage you to, um, you know, not to bury your head in the sand. I'm not saying that, but to try to, Every day, evaluate um, how can I walk before the, the Lord today um, and worship and witness about Him to the world, whether it be to an individual or on your in- internet pages um, or to your own family, um, and just in your own heart, how are you worshiping God that day, and are you seeking to become a true worshiper? Because that, dear brothers and sisters, is why you were created and why you were redeemed. And if you can keep your eyes on those things, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, then all of these other things that we worry about will be added unto us. Okay, it's been good talking to you. I'll talk to you all the next time. Bye-bye.